something in the way he was approaching her, his raised eyebrow, the look in his clear aqua eyes, made her stomach do the strange flippity flip. The flippity flip she had missed so much, the flippity flip she would feel when he once languished his lips upon her neck, or hold her hand, or trace her lips with his fingertips before kissing her. Feigning a confidence she did not feel, she replied, I am a princess and will one day be a queen, and as such I can dictate the conversation, and you, Larian, you will bow to my wishes. Lisbeth, you may call yourself a princess and you may have been born a princess, but you behave like a spoiled, recalcitrant child. To own the title princess, you must behave like a princess, have grace and charm, manners and... I have all those things, she interrupted, angrily staring at him. And as a spoiled, recalcitrant child, he continued, ignoring her remark, I feel bound to treat you as such. I cannot allow you to continue to behave in such an outrageous manner. It would be irresponsible. What I am about to do, I must. I must for the kingdom, but more than that, I must for you. What are you babbling about now? She demanded, and though she was feigning a brave front, the flippity-flip thing in her stomach was telling her something dramatic and possibly unpleasant was about to happen. I promised you that I would return when I was practised and worthy. That time has come, Lisbeth, and though you deny it, I see in your eyes the true reason you have rejected all those who came calling for your hand. You have been waiting for me. In your heart you knew I would return to you. His voice was soft but confident and firm, and with a swift move he grabbed her hand, yanking her towards him. No, you're wrong, she quivered, her heart beating against her chest as the threat of prideful tears stung her eyes. Let me go! How dare you! You've become a brute! Stop it, Lisbeth. We both know I speak the truth. He began walking, pulling her with him, and though she twisted and turned her wrist, she was no match for his tight grip. Where do you think you're taking me? To that fallen tree trunk. And I told you to be quiet. The will behind his command overwhelmed her, and she felt a vague, unfamiliar fear that sent her flippity-flip tumbling furiously around her stomach. Stop, Larian, please, you're scaring me. You know I care for you, and any pain you're about to experience is for your benefit. Pain? What pain? Larian, stop, what are you... But he'd reached his destination, and before she was able to finish, he sat down and jerked her across his knee. Ah, Larian! Now, princess, we shall see who dictates the conversation. Holding her firmly, he began bouncing his hand off her upturned bottom, eliciting loud squeals of shock. Stop! Stop! she wailed. How dare you! You have been needing this for a very long time, he exclaimed, his hand landing blow after blow. I will not bear you completely, but I'm going to lift your dress in a minute, so you'd better prepare yourself. No, don't you dare. I shall have you thrown in a dungeon and... Until I tell you otherwise, you will address me as sir, he interjected, pausing his hand to issue his decree. And if you continue to protest, I will absolutely expose your flesh. So please, keep up your kicking and screaming. I would love to see the results of my handiwork. Though her face was burning with humiliation and anger, 
It turned an even deeper crimson at the suggestion, and while she was appalled and astonished, she wasn't stupid. In her heart she knew him, and she had no doubt he would do as he threatened. A moment later she felt it. He was lifting her dress. She wanted to cry out, to protest loudly and kick with all her might, but his threat rang in her ears. She wouldn't be able to stand it if he exposed her. Slowly, deliberately, he moved layer after layer of petticoats over her back, 